Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you're ready for the new week. Ready to take on the day. We're going to wake you up with Soka today and Soka Styly right here on Coffee and Toe. Gotta say welcome. If it's your first time tuning in, thank you so much for being here. Gotta say good morning to all the listeners around the world who are logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, JohnOradio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. If you don't have the Clubhouse app and you'd like to be a part of the conversation, you can download it in your Apple and Google Play stores. When you get it, just search for Coffee in Toe, T-O-E. It is Monday, September 26th. Move it to Monday. So, Castile, if you're regular, you know the drill. Time to get that blood pumping. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And you can also find me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the mean everything is MI. And we're gonna have the headlines that we have working on for you today in just a second. Couple seconds to be frank. <laughs> Why do we say in just a second when we know it's going to be more than a second? And another thing, I don't know about the rest of the Caribbean, but us Jamaicans like to say soon come. <laughs> Woo, soon come could even be 10 years down the road. Yeah, we soon come. Or when they say to you, just around the corner. <laughs> around the corner means about two or more hours away. <laughs> Sorry, folks, that's just how we roll. the headlines we have for you today in international news 13 dead and 21 wounded in school shooting in russia pound touches all-time low against the dollar out of the pacific islands a new pacific island rises after underwater volcanic blast well this seems to be proving history or is it geography coupled with science right huh? that's how the world was formed they say in news out of north america school officials in los angeles to distribute 
overdose reversal drugs to all K-12 schools after a student dies. Video shows train hitting Colorado police cruiser with a woman handcuffed inside. And this has been all over the news all weekend. Detroit news anchor dead and four others injured in domestic incident. Four residents in Jackson, Mississippi filed class action lawsuit against city over water crisis. Amy Cooper Central Park Karen loses lawsuit claiming she was unfairly fired. Three injured in Pennsylvania amusement park shooting. Texas police officer under fire over use of force against student. In health and science news, there are three new COVID-19 variants. BA 4.6, BF 7 and BA 2.75. When is it gonna end? In sports news, Dolphins halt Allen, survive butt punt to beat the Bills 21-19. Brianna to headline Super Bowl halftime show. Yay, yay. I'm happy for that one. Really happy. In the Caribbean corner, American Airlines to expand service from Anguilla. Well, to Anguilla starting in November. EU allocates funds to Caribbean countries hit by food crisis. Top four most Instagrammable cemeteries in the Caribbean. Who would have thought a cemetery? Well, yes, it's on the list. Out of Latin America, Cuba holds unusual vote and law allowing same-sex marriage. In Believe It or Not News, investigation finds that 15 inmates used PPP loans to bond out of jail. Nine-year-old cancer survivor was heard saying, I'm sorry, before his father strangled him. A Pennsylvania high schooler, well, the high schoolers, it's more than one, have been charged in football hazing after a disturbing video surfaced of them sexually assaulting their teammates. A 63-year-old found dead inside of a kettle cooker at a New Jersey processing plant. Ew. In entertainment news, Nia Long breaks her silence following fiancé Ime's alleged affair. And I'm deeply invested in this one. James Earl Jones assigns away the rights of his iconic Darth Vader voice. Why? Why? Prosecutors claim that Mystical forced his alleged rape victim to pray with him before sexually assaulting her. And a New York judge threatens Rudy Giuliani with jail time if he does not pay his ex-wife $225,000. Yes, Javette, I find it disturbing that you'd actually force your victim to pray with you before you know what we're gonna get into the details of it here's a little more soca for us <sighs> listen it, it, sometimes you read these headlines and you're like am i living in the right world am i really on earth are these things really happening well they made the news right we're gonna be right back with the details after this quick music break She whining 
Akishidi U, Akishidi A, Abuta she nice, like she's a cassava, she won't make the proof, that I is a champion, so I come out to prove, that I is a champion, she went to all the listeners logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com remember for quality music while you work or play it is quality music zone qmzradio.com and janoradio.com thank you to everyone logged on and listening there take us on the go janoradio the is available in your apple and google play stores of course i gotta say thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens hope y'all had a wonderful weekend i did hope y'all got some rest i don't know if i did that part but i'm here it's a hot well it's not a holiday technically but school's out today so i'm a little off in terms of my timing this morning <laughs> so forgive me yeah i had to scramble this morning scratching myself and tearing my hair out yeah set the alarm for a little bit too late so over my wake up time but anyway i'm here that's what matters right you're listening to coffee and toe world news on the go our moments with me and we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views and of course you gotta have a little music to go with the madness and today we're doing oh excuse me doing it in soca styling and we're gonna be starting off with international news right after this keep it locked Now it's time for us to get into the details. First story, 
13 dead and 21 wounded in school shooting in Russia. Story courtesy of the Associated Press out of Moscow. A gunman opened fire in a school in central Russia on Monday, killing 13 people, including seven children and wounding 21 others. Russia's investigative committee said the shooting took place in school number 88 in Izhevsk, a city about 600 miles east of Moscow in the Udmurtia region. It identified the wounded as 14 children and seven adults. The governor of that region, Alexander Brechelov, said in a video statement that the gunman shot himself. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov described the shooting as a terrorist act and said that President Vladimir Putin has given all the necessary orders to the relevant authorities. President Putin deeply mourns deaths of people and children in the school where a terrorist act took place, Peskov told reporters this morning. The school educates children between grades 1 and 11. It has been evacuated and the area around it has been cordoned off, the governor said. The investigative committee identified the gunman as a 34-year-old going by the name of Artyom Kazanstev, a graduate of the same school. It said in a statement that Kazanstev wore a black t-shirt bearing Nazi symbols. No details about his motives have been released. Russia's National Guard uh, used two non-lethal handguns adapted to fire real bullets. A criminal probe into the incident has been launched on charges of multiple murder and illegal possessions of firearms. And that is so unfortunate. Um, But while I am grieving for the folks who have lost their children, I'm also pointing out the hypocrisy in um, Putin's statement, right? Um. <laughs> He's deeply mourning the death of people and children. If you are deeply mourning the death of um, people, adults and children, you wouldn't start a war. I'm just saying, you know, you can't be only feeling it when it affects your people and not others. And that goes to every one of us, right? Um, Especially when it's an act of terror that's carried out. You're describing it as a terrorist attack. Well, you know, while you're pointing the finger, remember three more pointing right back at you. Just saying. Just saying. We'll hop on over to the BBC for our next story, courtesy of BBC News Financial. The pound is struggling. Yep. The pound touched a record low against the dollar as markets react to the UK's biggest tax cuts in 50 years. In early Asia trade, the pound fell close to one pound and three pence before regaining. regaining. Why am I not speaking? I told you my timing is off this morning. Ground. If the pound stays low, analysts predict the Bank of England will hike interest rates more steeply. Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves accuses the government of fanning the flames of the fall in the pound. And in her speech at the Labour conference, Reeves says Labour is the party of economic responsibility. So what does it mean? Here is what it means. A low pound means it will cost more to import commodities, including oil and gas that are priced in dollars. Yep, so the pound is plummeting. What is here what Lizzie has to say? Um, how is she planning to deal with this to avert serious um, economic effects 
on her people? Let's see. Next up, a new Pacific island rises after underwater volcanic blast. Well, they said this is how the world was formed, right? A new island has emerged in the southwest Pacific Ocean after a home reef underwater volcano erupted oozed lava and ejected ash and steam story courtesy of al jazeera news the island came into existence 11 hours after the eruption on september 10 which discolored the surrounding water the u.s based space agency nasa said in a statement nasa was able to photograph the new land mass with satellites the volcano is situated in the home reef seamount near the central tonga island the operational land imager 2, a Landstat 9, captured this natural color view of the young island on September 14, 2022, as plumes of discolored water circulated nearby. Previous research suggests that these plumes of superheated acidic seawater contain particulate matter, volcanic rock fragments, and sulfur. So, here's to a new island. <laughs> Here's to another island. Um, is it safe to say that's how the world was created? I don't know. That's what many scientists and geologists believe. I don't know. Um, but we do know that um, volcanoes and earthquakes, they cause shifts and, you know, the emergence and the submergence of areas. Yeah, that much we know. The little I remember <laughs> from school. Those were our stories from the international scene. We're going to get right into stories out of North America. North America is busy as always, right? Always busy. First up, school officials in Los Angeles to distribute overdose reversal drugs to all K-12 through schools after a student dies. So, naloxone, and I hope I pronounced it correct. Let me spell it for you, right? Because I'm not the best at pronouncing certain words. I'm okay with that. N-A-L-O-X-O-N-E, a medication used to reverse the symptoms of opioid drug overdoses temporarily, will soon be available in Los Angeles Unified School District schools. On Thursday, Superintendent Alberto, oh yes, I'm wondering, Alberto Carvalho, what is he doing? I forgot, he quit Miami and headed to California. So, yeah, they have him over there. On Thursday, Superintendent Alberto M. Carvalho announced that the drug would be available after several local high school students overdosed, including one who died and another who was hospitalized after they were discovered on campus school grounds last week. According to Carvalho, the latest drug overdoses have deeply impacted the district, which blamed an unacceptable level of availability of narcotics and opioids in the community. We have an urgent crisis on our hands, the superintendent was quoted as saying, and research shows that the availability of that drug, along with overdose education, is effective in decreasing overdoses and death and will save lives. We will do everything in our power to ensure that not another student in our community is a victim of the growing opioid epidemic. And that drug again, naloxone. I think I got it right. I think. <laughs> as reported by the CDC, naloxone, also known as Narcan, here, this is a more easier word for me to say, Narcan is a fast-acting drug that reverses the effects of opioids like fentanyl and heroin. 
The National Institutes of Health estimates that naloxone can counteract an overdose for 30 to 90 minutes, but immediate medical attention is still necessary. So the drug naloxone or Narcan can be given as an injection or nasal spray and is safe to use even if the recipient is not suffering from an opioid overdose. In a release, the district said it has enough doses to supply its high schools over the next two weeks with other campuses to receive doses as they are received. This is sad. But, and when I say it's sad, it is sad in the sense that we have to be worried about children and drugs. You know, when I dropped the boys off at school, my my two younger boys at school um, in the morning, they're in high school. And sometimes you see the young ones going across the pedestrian crossing. And some of them have the vape pens in their hand and they're vaping. I'm like, is life that stressful already? Wow. Yeah, they're walking and vaping like it's just another day in the neighborhood. So we do have a problem. I know that there have been lawsuits as it relates to um, the various industries, cigarette and or tobacco, let me, let me call it right, tobacco industry and the vape industry. There have been lawsuits because they feel that a lot of these products are marketed toward children. But do we, can we 100% blame them? And, and here's why I'm saying this. For the most part, if you grow up in a home with people that smoke, what are, what's the likelihood that you're going to smoke? You see adults around you smoking. What is the likelihood that you two are going to smoke? I don't think we can only blame the, the um, manufacturers. I think we also have to kind of blame the parents, the adults. You're a young child, you walk around, you see everybody smoking and they look cool. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I can do it too. It happens. Do I believe that these industries have some level of responsibility? Yes, I do. But we keep blaming companies and not blaming those who they're in closer contact with. Right, so... We got to really think carefully about that. I don't know. My opinion, right? Um, yeah. They don't have to follow, right? Let common sense prevail, but it happens. Next up, of, and I'm sure many of you have seen this one by now, a video shows the train hitting the Colorado police cruiser with a woman handcuffed inside. A disturbing video released by Fort Lupton Police Department in Colorado shows the moment a suspect sitting in a police cruiser was hit by a train. Yareni Rios Gonzalez, who is 20, was detained on September 16 as a suspect in a road rage incident and placed inside a police vehicle. The cruiser was parked on the railroad tracks. Police left Rios Gonzalez alone while they searched her truck, which was parked nearby. In the video, a train whistle sounds while she sits in the car. Rios Gonzalez tried to get out of the vehicle but could not open the doors since they were locked. Rios Gonzalez was in a Platteville Police Department cruiser at the time of the crash. The department was assisting in the traffic stop. 
When she was in the back of the car, she was able to see the train coming, said her attorney, Paul Wilkinson, when speaking with CNN News. She was frantically trying to escape, trying to open the doors, but she was handcuffed. Body cam footage released on Friday captures the entire ordeal. In the video, an officer yells, stay back. Officers are seen fleeing from the area near the police vehicle as the train barrels towards them. The train rams into the cruiser, crumpling the vehicle and tossing it several yards. An officer could be heard radioing for help for the injured woman. Rios Gonzalez sustained a head injury, broken arm, a fractured sternum, broken teeth, nine broken ribs, and back and leg injuries in the crash. She was transported to a hospital and is expected to survive. Wilkinson said he intends to pursue legal action against the Platteville Police Department and all of the police officers individually. The officer who parked the vehicle on the tracks has been placed on, you guessed it right, paid administrative leave while the Colorado Bureau of Investigation looks into the incident. So far, no charges have been filed against Rios Gonzalez. The Fort Lupton police have referred her case to the Weld County District Attorney. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, let us be grateful. Let us be thankful. Give thanks. She's alive and is expected to survive. Now, Wilkinson, let's get to work. Clean them out. Run them into the ground. Collect every penny. Turn the city upside down. Shake out the coins out of their pockets and their wallets and their bags and their bank accounts because I'm, according to us in South Florida, fitting to get paid. Oh, yes. How irresponsible of you to park the cruiser on a train track? Are you dumb? You thought it good, reasonable. You thought it was common sense to park a cruiser on a train track when everybody knows you don't stop on the tracks. You don't stop on the tracks. You're so excited, so happy to be able to stop her because she is allegedly involved in road rage. Okay, I get that. And you want to search the vehicle. I hope you all had a warrant to search her vehicle too. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know what the rules are in, um, where is this? Colorado. You know what? Let me jump on Google. Do you need a warrant to search a vehicle in Colorado? Because if you do, that's that's another issue. You are searching her vehicle illegally. Am, am I right? Do, yeah. Do you need a warrant in Texas, in California? Um, it was a road rage stop. I mean, I, I can understand that, the question, and I, I think maybe you're right. It was a road rage. Good morning. I'm sorry. Good morning. It was a road rage stop. So I, I can imagine they're searching for something. But I think you're right. And they need to get consent, if not a, um, if not a warrant. I think consent is required before you can move someone's car. All right. Yep. Thank you, 
thank you, Sunet. So this I is a guess. I am not a law. So <laughs> I jumped up. I jumped onto Google. Of course, you know, I always head there. The police officer is not legally allowed to search your car, person, or property without your consent or a search warrant. Additionally, a police officer does not have the legal right to ask you about your immigration status. <sighs> I hope she never gave them the right to serve the car because we need that to be tagged on to their carelessness. Carelessness. I I understand road rage. I don't like it at all. I hate it because I think it's unnecessary. Yes, we, we all at some point vent in our vehicle. I know I do it when people bad drive me, cut me off, uh, just come in front of you and slow the heck down and you're like, what the? You know, and you, you say a few choice words. But you don't start swerving and trying acting as though you're going to hit them or run them off the road or pull a weapon. No, you don't do that. You vent, you let it out, and you just keep going about your business. Let it out to yourself, never to the other person because you don't know what they may have, right? So was she wrong for that? Yes. But their carelessness could have cost her her life. But how is it that they always get paid administrative leave? Always. In other jobs, if you are put on leave because of poor decisions um, that have caused harm, you are put on leave full stop. No pay. No pay. But I've always noticed time and time again, whenever there is a, an error, or whenever the police err, they always seem to get paid, which to me is sending a message that you can, whatever happens to you, don't worry, we got your back. They have unions, man. That is why they get paid. <laughs> Their unions will not allow these people to go, excuse me, prepare and breakfast for the child. That's all or, right. Um, lunch. Um, they will not allow them to get just, just classed aside. Those unions fight a lot. They pay union dues. They're going to make sure they're on the books. They stay there until it, it is, um, um, like, remember, they're proven innocent before guilty until it's proven that they did something incorrectly and then they separate, either separated or suspended without pay. Shouldn't they push for that to be changed, though, Sinat? Seriously? Who's they? You try to fight a union. Good luck. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the police union, the fire union, the, um, who are the other three? The, well, police and fire, their unions are tend to be extremely strong. Extremely. Mm. And they're happy for that because they're in that field. They need them to protect them. Hmm. Yeah, that's why they'll continue to do the... Um foolishness as we say pure foolishness that's why they will because they can get away with it they know they'll be taken care of that's why <sighs> thankfully as i said she's alive um she lived to tell the tale they may as may as well go ahead and drop the charges because they're gonna lose they're gonna lose their case they're gonna lose their job i hope they lose their jobs for the carelessness i really hope they do Okay, so our next door, we head on over to Mississippi. So four residents in Jackson, Mississippi, file a class action lawsuit 
against the city over the water crisis. Four residents of Jackson, Mississippi have filed a class action lawsuit against the city's mayor and other officials over the ongoing water crisis in the city. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. Last week, four Jackson, Mississippi students sued Mayor Chokwe Antar Lumumba over the city's water crisis. Families across the city have been left without clean water for food, bathing, or flushable water after its main uh, water treatment system was damaged following a flood last month, CNN is reporting. No amount of money in damages was specified in the suit. The former mayor of Jackson is also included in the suit. In the 99-page complaint, the plaintiffs asked for several needs, including their ending water bill payments, the city's water pipes being fixed, testing for the water, an established community water system, and for anyone who may have been exposed to hazardous water to be given medical testing. The city of Jackson's water supply has been neglected for decades, culminating in its complete shutdown in August 2022, leaving over 150,000 residents, 82.5% of whom are black and are over 24%, are living in poverty without access to running water. These residents lack more than just drinking water or water for making powdered baby formula, cooking, showering, or laundry. During the long period where the city pipes had no water pressure and were unable to facilitate the flow of water, residents of Jackson could not flush their toilets for days at a time. The lawsuit goes on. Ah, yes, thank you, Sunette. Because I was going to ask, why not protest? Shut the city down. But Sunette has put in the chat... Um, a protest is planned in the city of Jackson, Mississippi today by religious and politician leaders. Yes. Which city in the most recent, in most recent weeks had a problem with water and in no time it was resolved. There is a city. There is a city. I can't remember in very recent times. I want to say within the last four weeks, they had an issue with water and in no in the blink of an eye, let me put it in the blink of an eye, the issue was resolved. It was a predominantly white community, um, city, neighborhood or city, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They fixed it real quick, real quick. But yet, ha have they fixed Flint yet? No, ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. That's still ongoing. Flint is still ongoing and okay. Jackson. This is not a new thing with Jackson. Unfortunately, it's gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Um, from what I heard a few weeks back, you probably read a story about it when they had floods and then the water just went dead. Like yep. the purification system died after years and years of having bad systems. But um, I was in a room last night with, um, what was her name? I forgot her name. Anyway, it was yesterday afternoon, not night. Um, they, they were trying to talk about what to do. They, they're planning a fundraiser on Clubhouse. Um, then the mayor of a sister city, um, he came on and he had a meeting with several other leaders in um, in Jackson. So the only thing, he wasn't able to talk about what the meeting was yet because he hadn't had it, but he's going to have the, he had the meeting and they, he only mentioned that there's going to be a protest today, I think 4 p.m. Central, um, or it may be earlier, but that's that's what I know is happening. They are, they're trying to get things done. Other cities are trying to help them, but it's 
it's a structural infrastructure problem that the state of Mississippi has not been paying attention to because while the state is majority white, the city of Jackson is majority black and they don't give them enough um, care and or financial assistance. But that doesn't sound strange to anybody because we live here. Yeah. I'm speaking. Yeah. Thank you, Sunet. Huge problem. Huge problem. And how else can we look at it? But the way it's presented to us. Right? Can we care about everyone, please? And not just some folks, but care about everyone. Because here it is, 150,000 residents, 82.5% of whom are black, over 24% living in poverty. And we expect them to show up in their best form, in the best frame of mind. We expect them to have a smile on their face and not be upset about anything because you're lucky to be alive. We want the most and the best out of them, but yet we don't give them anything. So, and it's a shame that you have to resort to protesting to be able to get any kind of acknowledgement, any kind of attention. And it's not that they're going to care because they see you. They're going to possibly address to shut you up or, or let's, you know, let's take care of them. Not because they truly care about you. Because if they did, they would have got to the situation, fixed it before it's getting to this extent. And at first, when I started reading the article, I'm like, why would you include the past mayor? But it makes quite sense. Quite, you know, it's justified. Because the past mayor, the former mayor, is fully aware of the situation. It was happening under his watch as well. So yeah, drag everybody in there. Enough is enough, man. Oh, Javette, I'm so sorry you missed it. The video with the train that was that was parked. What am I saying? The video of the police cruiser that was parked on the train track in Colorado with the woman inside that was handcuffed. Thankfully. She's alive. She's just all broken up, right? Um, her attorney, I hope, is going to clean that city out. Run them bankrupt for their carelessness. Share carelessness. Yeah. Our next story, we head on up to New York, New York. Amy Cooper, who remembers her? The Central Park Karen. Yep, well, she... Oh, thank you. I would, not, I would not know her name. I'm like, Amy Cooper, who that? <laughs> right but we know her essential part karen correct yes she loses the lawsuit claiming she was unfairly fired u.s district judge ronnie abrams tossed out amy kuma's lawsuit on wednesday cooper also known as central park karen alleged her employer engaged in racist and sexist behavior by firing her she was fired once a video circulated of her calling the police on a black bird watcher Christian Cooper, not related, in 2020. The video sparked much backlash on social media, nicknaming her Central Park Karen. Once the video made its rounds, the firm tweeted, 
We do not tolerate racism of any kind. The firm dismissed her shortly following the incident. In May 2021, Cooper sued Franklin Templeton, alleging racial and gender discrimination. Judge Ronnie Abrams rejected the alleged claims in a 17-page ruling. Cooper claimed that Templeton treated her differently than her three male employees who engaged in misconduct, ranging from insider trading to domestic violence. However, Abram ruled that the cases weren't similar and there wasn't enough to prove bias. Abrams wrote that Cooper cannot plausibly allege that she was subjected to a company-wide double standard merely by identifying three male comparators who engaged in some other form of misconduct but were not similarly fired. She also believes that Templeton's comment saying we do not tolerate racism of any kind was an example of defamation since the video was international news and a racial flashpoint. It wasn't enough for the lawsuit to go any further as Abrams's case was not taken seriously. Well, ma'am, what you think? Templeton released a statement since the lawsuit was dismissed saying, we are pleased that the court has dismissed the lawsuit. We continue to believe the company responded appropriately. Yes, they did. Show it right out. Right out with the trash. Drain the swamp. You, <laughs> how do they always get to become the victim? You created an uncomfortable situation, an unnecessary scenario, but you play the victim. And then you want to bring issues not relevant to the case. And I'm glad the judge pointed that out. They don't really, it's not relative to the case. Anything that you're bringing, make it relevant to the case before me. We're not talking about insider trading. Take that, file that somewhere else. We're not talking about domestic violence. Take that elsewhere. We're talking about your actions fueled by hate. Man going about his business. And you were behaving or you were displaying racist behavior, but then you're going to turn around and say that Templeton is being racist towards you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Girl, bye. Go ahead, South. Go ahead, Javette. I hope we're done with her. Go ahead. I hope so. I hope so, Sonette. I hope so. Morning, Javette. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sure you saw all my emojis. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> She's just following in the steps of her ancestors. <laughs> but this time it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> Go ahead, Sonette. Go ahead. Oh, I'm still open. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm just I, I'm just thinking, like, it's, it's time, right? The man asks you to put your dog on the leash. 
He's watching his birds. Don't let your silly little dog go chasing the And here you come. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police and tell them that you're you're treating me poorly or you're you're harassing me. The man is doing no such You know what I'm so happy about? In all the things that happened with this case mm-hmm. is that Mr. Cooper, no relation to Miss no Cooper. No relation there, at all. Has moved on and has got a TV show now. Get out of here. Yes, he does. It's on one of the nature channels. I, I Don't quote me. But I know he got a job about nature and he's on TV now or cable or some other thing. He's got a job working with what he does, bird watching. Wow. So here's a black man. Here's a black man now on TV talking about nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kudos to him. Um, you have his first name. We can Google him. But he yes. can get a job on TV. Yes. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I, I got to clap it up to that one, Sinet. You know, as I as I'm hitting the applaud button, there is a story that I came across last night and I pinned it because I oh my gosh, where did I put it? You know, and you, you, you have so many files, you don't know where you put things. But I came across a story and I'm like, mm, this is so interesting. Um, remember last week when we were talking about the migrants being flown on private jets to um, Martha's Vineyard and those who were transported b- via buses and dropped off in front of Kamala Harris's home and threats of some being transported to um, the neighborhood where I think it's in Delaware that Joe Biden has his vacation home. Well, remember me saying this, that sometimes when you think you are frustrating people, you're actually setting them up for a blessing. Remember when I also said, don't think all these Venezuelans are broke. Remember when I said that? Well, (laughs) New York Times is reporting this one. Republican governor's immigration stunts are actually helping some migrants. I was cackling like a hen as I read it. I'm like, yep, I called it. I said it. Right? Don't now, as I read through the article, some of them are from middle class situations in Venezuela. Very comfortable. But because of what's going on, they had to make the decision to leave so as not to deplete their savings. I remember, who was it? Was it Javette? One of you um, said, I remember saying, many of them are doctors. And I said, yes, my OBGYN is a doctor from Venezuela. And of course, when you come here, you have to prove that you're actually a doctor by doing things all over again the American way. Because if you haven't done it the American way, you haven't done it at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to backfire on them. We called it. Well, so too this, ha- this case, um, Sanat. She thought she had the upper hand to call the cops on this man, Mr. Cooper, who was busy watching the beautiful birds on a beautiful day in beautiful New York. But little did she know, she actually set him up for success, right? So thanks to her and our foolishness, let me say it right, and our foolishness, gotta say the H-A-R, um, she set him up. She set him up real good for him to have a show on TV He's getting his coins, honey. Girl, bye. Have several seats. <laughs> Tasha put in the chat. 
the nerve. If it were a Jamaican bird watcher, she would have had her ass handed to her. She would have been so scared. Just when they're done with her. <laughs> so you see, a lot of times when you think you're hurting somebody, you're actually hurling them to the next level. So keep doing what you're doing. And sometimes we need these setbacks because they are our setups. And Sunette, I have to go back to your saying, your line, was it last week or the week before, with, when we were talking about the case with a young girl out of Ohio. Let us look at the silver lining and let us apply it to every aspect of our life. Whenever something deemed as negative or bad or unfortunate happens to us, let us look for that silver lining. Let us see how we can use whatever it is that has happened to us to propel us, to get us to the next level so that we can have the last laugh. Oh, you thought you were ruining me, but you ruined your own self in the meantime. No hurt. No harm. We're good. No hatred. We're good. Yeah, keep showing up yourselves. And I hope this is a lesson to other folks, regardless of your race, that it doesn't pay to be racist. It doesn't pay to be harmful intentionally. To go out of your way. To be vindictive and malicious. It, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help you in any way. Let this be a lesson. And I want to implore all organizations, as everyone shows themselves as such, you get rid of them. Simple. Simple as that. You know, make it an easy one, two, three. We're going over to Texas. We're coming to visit you now, Javette, for next story. Texas police officer under fire over use of force against a student. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. The Texas police officer is under fire after a video showing the officer slamming a student into a cart and shoving him to the floor in the school's cafeteria has gone viral. The Irving Police Department said in a press conference or in a press release that the officer involved had been reassigned while the department investigates his force his use of force again right they're still gonna get paid police were called to Nimitz high school at around 12 45 p.m on wednesday after a fight broke out on lunchtime it's not clear what caused the fight though video footage shows several students fighting and officers attempting to break it up an officer grabs one of the students and slams him against a lunch cart before shoving him to the ground irving officers used a force to separate the parties involved in the fight the department said in a statement the students involved in the fight were referred to the irving county courts for a class c misdemeanor of fighting in public according to nbc news as part of the investigation into the incident the police department will speak with the Irving ISD and the family member of one of the students. The investigation remains ongoing. <sighs> Is it necessary to um, be slamming students? Now, let me pin the link so y'all can take y'all. I mean, <laughs> so y'all, so that everyone can take a look at the... Um, Hold on, where is it? Did I not? Yeah. Yeah, I have it here. Hold on. Let me pin the link at the top of the page for my 
folks with me on Clubhouse, they're able to take a look at the article, the video, and tell me what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, unnecessary. I think we have to be, while I understand that some of these students who look like adults and are very strong because they do weightlifting or if they're involved in sports, I do understand that you have to exert a lot of energy and effort to um, apprehend them or stop them or intervene, whatever. I get it, but they're still children and you have to use some amount of discretion whilst um, restraining them. My thoughts, right? Because what if you had slammed his head and there was some type of brain injury? We know what's going to happen. We know the implications, right? We know what the outcome could be. I'm just saying. Yeah. Be careful. Gotta be careful. And Oh, did you hear about this one? The shooting at the amusement park in Pennsylvania. Three people, including a 15-year-old, were injured during a shooting inside the Kennywood Amusement Park in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania, and this happened on Saturday night. Investigators say a fight broke out between two groups of teens in front of the Music Express ride shortly before 11 p.m. The altercation turned violent and shots were fired, sending the crowd running. The juvenile was listed in stable condition and an adult male was treated and released. A third victim was also being treated for injuries, but no further details were available. A gun was recovered at the scene, but police are not sure how the gunman got the weapon through security. According to the park's website, park goers must pass, must pass through, I'm putting a T at the end, through a metal detector before entering. The suspect is described as a male wearing a black hoodie and a COVID-style mask. No arrests have been made and there is an ongoing search for the gunman. In a statement, Kennywood said it is working with local law enforcement. <sighs> Could it, They probably got through because, I don't know, they probably knew someone who was at the gate doing the security checks and said, hey, all right, go on in, no worries. You know, or while they were busy scrutinizing everyone else, this person slipped through the cracks. It can happen. Why are you taking guns to the amusement park? Great question, Sinead. Out of place. Really? When do you put it down? Shoot three people. What if all three had died? Thankfully, it didn't get there. Common sense, folks common sense i know it's not so common but let us at least try right those were stories out of north america coming up we have a little more music and then it is time for business and tech news Uh. So will you say, will you say, will you say, say. Will you say, 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 will you say,
the friend zone. More ticking on your hip bone. Shot, shot, shot to the first row. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget, coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, it is Days After Dark. Join the crew moments with me, Marlon, Rosolo, and Sinette. Tonight's topic is the Great Expectation. Next week, we're going to be talking about menopause. And yes, it doesn't only affect women. It also affects men. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a deep discussion about that. All right. But yes, tonight it's the great expectation. And you can tune in. Listen online at www.qmzradio.com and janoradio.com. If you want to be a part of the conversation, please join us on Clubhouse. Download the app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. We don't, I just realized there's no business and tech news today, but we do have health and science news. And that's coming up right after this. So before I get into it, I came across this um, post and I I tagged it because I'm like, I got to bring this up. I got to ask the question. Egypt. What continent is Egypt on? Is it Asia or is it Africa? Are you joking? (laughs) No, I'm not. And here's why. No, I know where it's at. But I have to ask because I saw this thing where, you know, somebody told someone that wigs first appeared in Egypt, not Africa. So the person responded with a map. Oh, my God. Yeah. Egypt, in their head. Is not Africa. You know what? I think the confusion comes in with Israel. A lot of people, because they're not quite sure where Israel is located, um, and I think they or they confuse Israel with Egypt. I think that's what the problem is. I may be wrong, right? Because Israel is kind of at the crossroads, right? Um, it belongs to the Asian continent. And it's part of the Middle Eastern region. But Egypt, my friends, is a part of Africa. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. (laughs) 
gosh. Yes, Annette, you'd be surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. And if you're not sure, before you attack someone who is from the continent, who is from the country, get, get your facts together before you sound ignorant out there. Oh, Egypt is not, it, it appeared in Egypt and not in Africa. Uh, hello? 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 <laughs> go, uh, yeah. I wouldn't even say go back to school because you have the world in the palm of your hands. Knowledge is at the palm is in the palm of our hands, actually, right? Yeah. So in health and science news, there are three new COVID-19 variants. Okay, how many variants do we have of the COVID-19? Well, now you have BA 4.6, BF7, and BA 2.75. And they're spreading fast throughout the country. So we're still in a pandemic then. We're still in the pandemic. It hasn't ended. Meet. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but moments. Yeah. I think COVID is a generic name because before the pandemic, and I don't know if anyone paid attention, and I remember them mentioning it on the Lysol cans and, and Clorox bleach, mm -hmm. they had mentioned that it kills COVID yep. strains. Yep. So I believe just a genetic is when they find a new virus. <laughs> I have not checked why they call it COVID, to be honest with you, but I do remember that being discussed during the pandemic. Yeah. I remember seeing it too, Javette. Thank you for the reminder. And I remember running to the can and the, the um, you know, the container with the Lysol wipes. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, it's right there. It's been around forever. But we just never spoke about it. Right? I look at it now uh, as a common flu. Every single person is going to get it at some point in their lifetime. You're sneezing. You just don't know. You know, I don't know. It's like the common flu right now. <sighs> the different variants, the strains, the this, the that. So meet Rona's new baby cousins. BA 4.6, BF 0.7, and BA 2.75. They now make up uh, one in five new infections across the country. CBS News is reporting per federal estimates. While the nation is not seeing many COVID-19 cases, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, is suggesting that we do not take the new strains lightly. With a combination of the evolution of variants as well as the seasonal aspects, that as we get into this coming late fall and winter, it is likely that we will see another variant emerge, said Dr. Fauci, Chief Medical Advisor for President Joe Biden. Right now, there are more than 150 cases of BA 2.75, which reportedly has the most extreme antibody escape than any variant that's existed so far. BF.7 has one additional genetic change in the gene coding for the spike protein in comparison to parental BA.5 lineage viruses data indicates that this specific genetic change could reduce the efficacy of evusheld or evusheld not sure what it is 
must be a drug, said CDC spokesperson Jasmine Reed when speaking with CBS News. The FDA, they say, is looking into new strains. I'm tired of this. <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Oh, boy. Rona. Rona and them. She need to take her cousins, her whole family, and just be gone. Be gone. Be gone. Be gone. Please be gone. So, Dr. Fauci, it's the end of this year that he's stepping down, right? Have we heard about a replacement for him yet? No? No news of who is going to take the step? Who is going to become the new dartboard? Mm, okay. All right. Keep us posted. Good morning, James. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think Fauci, I don't trust him, like... And I'm sure his replacement is going to be the same. Because what I found interesting is that when this whole COVID thing came out, mm -hmm. um, there were interview and there was an interview with, with Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson said, like, he met Dr. Fauci some 20 odd years ago. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Fauci is the one, the reason why he's alive. Because Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci is the one that was behind all the, 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 the AIDS um, research and stuff too. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I just don't trust him because the, the AIDS thing is similar to, to, to COVID. It just came out of nowhere. And and the explanation with, uh, with like, you know, people having sex with monkey and just a bunch of foolishness. Mm -hmm. And he was a part of the, 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 the research, hmm. the old AIDS research. And there's there's a lot of videos out there where people got fired because of him, because they, they came up on, 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 on some questionable stuff. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it would be interesting to see, to know, like, his network, because to be a part of the whole AIDS thing and, and the, the trillions of dollars that was raised out of, you know, AIDS research and, and all that stuff. And it just came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere in, in, in like, the 70s, and it got thing where they were you know linking it to like gays and and rock stars and stuff like that and with all the stories that came out after and to know that he was there at the beginning of the, the whole aids thing and now you know covid yeah i don't think he can be trusted james can i interrupt you for a moment go ahead go ahead javette go right ahead what part of him being a part of the research into AIDS make you not trust him? No, because Be they're, they're, they're because he is a doctor, right? That that is his profession, right? No, I know, but there 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 are some documentaries out there that that um, talk about the whole AIDS thing, and it was linked to um, I don't remember if it was Rwanda, one of those African countries where America went. Um, was a part of some civil war type of thing in one of those African countries, and that's where it started. And there's a there's a few documents out there that pointed to the whole AIDS thing that it was something that was was created in a lab, and that was released in 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 um, that Afri particular African country. I know it got back to America because um, while while they were um, killing people they were like raping women and stuff like that as they did in vietnam and other countries 
So the fact that he was like there in the beginning of that, and you know the whole COVID thing, like he is it, it. And there's some documentaries out there that um, some scientists that got fired because of him. There's a woman that used to work close with him that got fired that she came out during this COVID thing, and she was talking some some stuff, some questionable stuff about him. So I don't know. I don't think he can be trusted because the the thing with AIDS and and COVID and money. You know, they, they say, like, follow the dollar sign. Whenever you see so, like a dollar sign, there's something fishy going on. Okay. I, I guess I'll have to talk to you outside of this app because I, I need to have a conversation with you to really understand, and I don't want to take up the time of the newscast. So thank you, James. <laughs> thank you, Javette. Thank you, James. Um, I think it is a fair statement to say that everything has to be questioned, right? Um, we can't take everything at face value. And we have been taught that, unfortunately, in more recent times, as we see different things emerging, one saying this, one saying that, one group saying another thing. And we have been led into a cycle and a circle of confusion. So um, I understand the need to be cautious with whatever is given to us not to be so quick to jump up and say yes 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 right i i get that but at the same time we also want to see to it that we are doing our due diligence right um yeah having conversation yeah talking to your own medical um healthcare provider that's also a good place to start if you have a good relationship with your doctor, by all means, have a conversation, pick their brain, and you will be surprised. You will hear different perspectives when you speak to your doctors, all right? Um, yeah, and I'm going to leave that right there. And we're going to head on over to sports. <laughs> Somebody in my house is super happy. Yep. Super, super, super happy. The Dolphins hauled Allen, survived the butt punt. Why they got to give it that name? Can they find different names to use in football? I am sick of hearing these terms, butt punt, tight end. I can't stand it. To beat the Bills 21-19. So the Miami Dolphins defense stopped Josh Allen and the Bills at the goal line late. Then held again after punter Thomas Morstead bizarrely kicked the ball off a teammate and out of bounds for a safety in a 21-19 win over Buffalo on Sunday. Tua and the Dolphins improved to 3-0 in an AFC East thriller that ended with Allen and the Bills attempting to spike the ball near midfield. The clock just running out on their chance to try a long-distance go-ahead field goal. Tego briefly left the game in the second quarter, returning after halftime, excuse me, despite appearing to be disoriented by a head injury. Allen also may have been injured heading into the x-ray room after the game. His, yeah, wow. He had his hand, he had his throwing hand checked by trainers late. But anyway... They came up, they showed up, and showed out. <laughs> Several Bill players had trouble adjusting to the South Florida heat. What heat? It wasn't hot. What were the temperatures? The temperatures were mild down here, 80s, you know. 
we were doing good down here. I don't know what y'all complaining about. But the Bills players had trouble adjusting to the South Florida heat. Mackenzie, T.E. Dawson, Knox, and T. Spencer Brown were all listed with heat illnesses. Players went down on the field with cramps at multiple points in the game. Mm. Up next, Bills at the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday and Dolphins will face the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday. Marlon, can you speak? Can you speak? <laughs> He's probably too happy he can't even talk. <laughs> he probably can't speak. Yeah. But I know. Oh, you can speak. How you feeling? How you feeling? How you feeling? I feel good. I'm good. I told you if they can beat the Bills and they could beat um the Bengals on Thursday, they're in good standing. So let's see what happens on Thursday. But I don't know why they put this damn game on Prime for Thursday. So I can't Ooh, watch it. And on Amazon Prime. It's, no, you uh, can watch it. Sun number one has Amazon Prime and that will allow you to be able to watch it. Huh? I'll be at work, so I might have to put it on my phone. Yeah, you may have to do that and, and watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't want you to miss out. You know, as you've been rooting for them all these years. Nah, but um, if the thing is, I a win is a win, no matter how you get it. But they have to play better, though. The Miami have to play better. They can't be um, the defense spent too much time on the field. You know, Buffalo take up ninety percent of the of the clock. So you know, they they've been scraping by too easy. They have to play better. Offense have to play a lot better, but a win is a win. But they have to get their stuff together because they can't keep scraping through like that. Because eventually, it's gonna go away. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm happy for you because you're happy, and I know you'll be even happier with the next story. Rihanna to headline Super Bowl halftime show. How you feel about that one there? Yeah, I'll be there, and uh, I think it's in Arizona, so I'll be there. All right, then. Okay, then. You better work, 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 work. <laughs> this is big. Rihanna just confirmed she will perform during the upcoming Super Bowl halftime show with a post on Instagram. Nuff said all she you could see was her hand holding a football. The news follows discussions between the league Rotten Nation as well as the star and her team. The announcement was expected to come out on Sunday afternoon. Rihanna fans are still waiting on new music from the star, which the Rock and Nation member has been teasing about for over a year now. So, of course, landing the Super Bowl halftime show is awesome and may be an indication of new music on the way. TMZ learned the league has been in talks with another performer, suggesting there will be more than one performer on stage. Rihanna turned down an offer to headline the 2020 Super Bowl halftime show due to her opposition to the way the league ousted Colin Kaepernick. Allegedly, Taylor Swift was also asked to perform during the upcoming show, but she passed because she wanted to perform after she re-records six of her early albums to have been done so far. The next Super Bowl is scheduled to be played at the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona 
on February 12. Well, I don't think anybody else needs to perform. That's my humble opinion. Because you only get, what, 12 minutes? It's a 12-minute performance? Because, you know, by the time they set up the stage, and I'm just thinking halftime, set up the stage. I think it's about 12 minutes is what you perform for. So um, I don't think we need anybody else on the stage. Riri is good enough. We'll take Riri Shabran like a diamond under your umbrella. Ella, Ella, A. What songs would you like to hear her perform? I don't know. She has so many. I would like to have her open up with, um, there is one that she, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it, that she did with um, the international DJ David Ghetto. Oh my gosh. I'll remember some of the time, not now, but I would love to see her perform. Open with that one at least. And it is now time for the Caribbean Corner. And first up, courtesy of the CaribbeanLoopNews.com, American Airlines to expand service to Anguilla from November. Travelers hoping to catch some sun in Anguilla during the winter months will have more options to visit the island as the tourism board announced that American Airlines is increasing flights from Miami in November. In a statement today, the Anguilla Tourist Board said American Airlines updated travel flight schedule through the end of the year. Will, yeah, and you will see a reduced frequency through the off-season months of September and October and expanded frequencies starting November 3. AA's weekly service from the Miami International Airport to the Clayton J. Lloyd International Airport will operate throughout September and increase to four flights a week from October 7. From, this, from November 3 through December 17, AA will operate eight flights a week to Anguilla. From December 18 to January 8, 2023, there will be 11 flights a week. So, Anguilla seems to be a hot spot, huh? Hmm. Anyone here ever been to Anguilla? I've never been. I'm asking. Okay. I guess no one here has been. I wonder what it's like there. Okay. I'll check out tickets. Let's see if it's um, good to go. So, EU allocates funds to Caribbean countries hit by food crisis. The European Commission EC has allocated 600 million euro to finance immediate humanitarian food aid, food production, and resilience of food systems in the most vulnerable countries in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Pacific. This will help partner countries and vulnerable people to cope with the unjust consequences of Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, notably the current food security crisis and related economic shock, the EC said in a statement, adding that the funds are being made available under the European Development Fund, the EDF. The EU's swift and comprehensive response to the current food insecurity in several vulnerable partner countries of the African Caribbean and Pacific area demonstrates our strong solidarity towards our partners, in particular in Africa, said Juta, the EU's Commissioner for International Partnerships. 
uh so when they give the money here's what i want to understand when they give the money can how are uh, i guess i you know what i'm gonna do some research let me pin this because i, I want to do some research on that i want to know how are they going to be giving the money what stipulations is there going to be a body that is going to oversee that the funds are used the way they were intent or the way they are intended? Um, the various families who are to get it will get it. And yeah, so a little more breakdown. Um, for emergency food assistance, the EC said 6.5 million will go to Haiti, 3 million for Caribbean countries, is the Dominican Republic, but it's not breaking down the rest of the countries. Hmm. But is three million sufficient for all the other Caribbean countries? I don't think so. But anyway, you know what? I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Top four most Instagrammable cemeteries in the Caribbean. Now I didn't know that there was such a thing, but I guess there is. Beauty and death are not two words that are often placed together in the same sentence. But in the Caribbean, we have found a way to do just that and add to the intrigue of our islands. Here are the top four most Instagrammable cemeteries in the Caribbean. I don't speak French, so I cannot pronounce this one, but it is in the island of Guadeloupe. M-O-R-N-E dash a dash l apostrophe e a u right if anyone speaks z language let me know oh and the profile pic hold on which profile pick uh oh, no i was asking mk oh mk mk okay like, look at her profile it's, it's so pretty Oh, I think beautiful. I've seen something on Instagram that's kind of like that's somebody feeding in a giraffe outside, ah, outside the balcony. Yes. But I don't know where that is. Where the giraffes stick their head through the window and they mm. can eat out of your hand. Y yes. That, yeah. It's a hotel. It is a tourist attraction. Come on, MK. Hit us up with the info. Hit us up with the info. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I Botswana or something. You know what? Now you have me jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Run it over to No, no. Let's talk about these beautiful cemeteries. <laughs> Montelou or something. Say, say the name for me. Say the name for me. Montel. I do not speak. Morn. Morn I know you said Mont. M O N T. No, M O R N E. That would be Morn. Oh, Morn. And I, then A ah, with the grave on the A. Uh huh. And then you have L apostrophe L E A U. Cimetière de Monalou. I don't know. I, I, they, people in my house who speak French make fun of me because I do not pick it up well. So Ooh, sorry. Don't, don't feel and they're bad. sleeping. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Cimetière. Cimetière. You know, it's a shame. I did two years of French in high school. Complete waste of time. <laughs> I think I wasted my time at the teacher's time. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because my first name is the French spelling and it does have the grave on the first E, you know, named by someone, a very dear friend of my mom who is a French professor. And she said, no, do not give her the English or the American spelling. We're going to, to give it to her in the French way. Yeah, that, that's about it. Sorry. Um, but yeah, this cemetery in Guadeloupe, I 
actually it's beautiful it's as though they built houses the cemeteries are like homes damn if you get homeless i'll just you know move in <laughs> i would really live in one of these it is Your one of the neighbors are dead <laughs> nobody gonna bother me there Nobody's going to bother you there. So look at it that way. So this cemetery is one of the oldest burial grounds in Guadeloupe and was once the place where wealthy residents were interred. Yep, tombs at this cemetery are painted in black and white, usually in a checkered design. It is not known why tombs are painted checkered or when the tradition started. The cemetery is located in the center of this town, Mornay or... I'm not going to try and gives visitors a contrasting view of traditional and modern Guadeloupe. The next one, also in French, this one is on the island of Martinique. This cemetery is located in the hillside of St. Anne and offers a striking view of Point Marin Beach. Most tombs in the cemetery of St. Anne, the St. Anne Cemetery, are tiled in white and adorned with colorful bouquets and paintings. This cemetery has become a tourist site for people visiting Martinique and it is listed as one of the most Instagrammable places on the island. Yeah. So the dead are able to watch them on the beach. They have prime real estate there. But listen, no, I got to pin the link on the page for Clubhouse because I want you to open it up. Where, where is the link? Here we go. Open it up. And look at how in this cemetery, the one in uh, Martinique, they have plaques. You know when you walk into someone's home and you see photographs on the little, you call it an easel, that little thing? This is something else. They have gone above and beyond. Sonette, I know where I'm moving to. <laughs> Martinique or Guadeloupe? No, I, I, I think I prefer the one in Martinique. This looks more welcoming. Uh, let, me, let me pin the link so you can scroll down and see these cemeteries. This is something else. Huh. Why is it it's funny, it's... the French colonies have beautiful cemeteries, and in France, they put everybody in a tomb underneath their, um, they had the, the catacombs in France, but their colonies mm. end up with beautiful, beautiful cemeteries, because if you look in um, New Orleans, which was a French colony, yes. their, their burial sites tend to be beautiful as well. That's hmm. interesting. I wonder what the reasoning behind it is. I really wonder what, what it is. But yes, click on the link and scroll down to the one for Martinique. I absolutely like, you know, they set up the Martinique one. It looks welcoming. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be buried, but if I were to be buried, I think I would want to be buried there. They make it look so inviting and, yeah, calming and you're overlooking the ocean. You get to hear the waves and, oh, beautiful. My only concern, though, natural disasters when there's a hurricane are those um tombs safe hmm. well i guess they build them with steel and concrete i hope they do the next is la necropolis de cristobal colon and that is in havana cuba the colon cemetery is hailed as one of the most important burial grounds in latin america due to its historical significance and stunning architecture no man, Jamaica need for the better. You ever see the great this, this cemetery them in a Jamaica them bush up is like wagwan, really? We we come on. 
we need to do way better. But question, in Jamaica, I remember as a child, people would have a lot of burials at the home where they would bury their dead at the, the, in the yards where they live, right? Is that still going on today? And are we the only ones in the Caribbean that do that or did that if it's no longer being done? Where people are buried in their backyards or in, in the garden or somewhere. You, you go to the person's yard and you see the white tomb. I guess, okay. Nobody familiar with that? Out of Jamaica? Okay. All right. I've been to quite a few. Nope. Yeah, I've been to there's a few. A grave, the grave site, there is one like outside the back of the church. There's one up in, um, where's in Valencia? What do they call that place? The housing scheme. There was a funeral or a burial site nearby, but it wasn't within the scheme or in the back of anyone's house in particular. Okay, but I have not seen that. Maybe we we didn't have big enough houses where we lived. No <laughs> man, it's not the whole. It's a yard. You know, the people put them in the yard, and the grandmother and the grandfather bury over to one corner in the yard. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it happens. So it the, the church grounds for us mostly church grounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So James said they stopped doing it at the homes. I assume. Thank you, James, for backing me up. Yeah. So they stopped it. So now I know that at the two cemeteries in Saint Catherine, Dovecot, and what's the name of the Memorial Gardens? I think I know one name. They're putting people on top of people. Eh, 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 eh. You're not burying me and nobody now going to the same hole unless it's me and a family member. But they're putting people. On two two um caskets to a grave. Nah. Mm-mm. Why don't people go for cremation? What? Why don't people do more cremation? Or, there they have these um burial sites here in South Florida. They're in the Miami area, and I know they're all over, not just Miami, but um, it's like a house. It looks like a house, a building. Let me put it. It looks like an apartment building, um, but it's not. <laughs> and it goes up like six stories or something like that. And you have, everybody has a thing and they put the tombstone. I don't know if it's tombstone is the right name for it, but they put the slat over it. They, they slide you in, slide your casket in. And then they seal seal it up, but it looks nice. And they, you know, you, your name is engraved, and there is a little thing where you can put some flowers, some fresh flowers. I, apartment buildings versus um, these cemeteries where everybody's going wide because that's using up land. Very soon we're going to run out of land. But um, yeah, is that a mausoleum? Yes, thank you, Sonette. That's it. Yeah, I looks- think they do that in Los Angeles too, and. And it's a big thing in Japan. Mm. For sure, I've seen like Japan movies or Japanese movies where you'll go to to go visit the grave and it's inside this place, and then you'll see just this little brick that says this is where this person yes. lives or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. mausoleum. Thank you, Sonette. Yeah, I would prefer if I had to be buried, that's where what I would want to be. And I don't don't put me in the ground. There's just something I have about being in the ground sorry 
But Cuba seems to have the most illustrious looking ones. So you have La Necropolis de Cristobal Colon. That one is in Cuba. But this one, Santa Ifigenia. Oh, is this marble floors in the cemetery? Oh, wow. Absolutely gorgeous. White. Um, oh, y'all need to click on it. This is absolutely beautiful. White. And the, the tiling is white and gray. Um, oh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it makes you feel like I can't wait to die. <laughs> Lord, that's so sad for me to be saying that. But this cemetery, located in Cuba's second largest city, is the final resting place for most of the island's famous sons and daughters. The list of people who are buried at Santa Ifigenia include former Cuban leader Fidel Castro, founder of the Bacardi brand of spirits Emilio Bacardi, and revolutionist Dominga Moncada. The most imposing iconic feature of this cemetery is the mausoleum of Cuban national hero Jose Marti. And then look at the palm trees. Oh my gosh. Ooh, yeah, makes you want to look forward to death, <laughs> not want to be alive because you can't wait to, not like you're going to know what the heck you're in or do you know? Hmm. Do we know? Interesting, right? What really happens after we die? Not going to have that conversation. Don't want to spook anybody out, <laughs> but I always wonder what happens to us. Yeah, one one of the things with, with cemetery too, like I know in Jamaica, mm -hmm. there's quite a few schools that are built on, on cemeteries. In Jamaica? Yeah, in Jamaica, yeah. Please tell me one of the schools, James. Um, St. Andrew Technical Stats. Uh-huh. Built on a yeah, cemetery. On a cemetery. And um, and they didn't know a lot of people. Well, I, I'm sure some people knew about it, but... Um, they didn't know about it until they were trying to um, they were trying to build a swimming pool there um, for, 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 for athletes. And when they started to dig it, like all of these skeletons were, were things that they had to stop. Yeah, so that, that was a big thing. That, um, years ago, when they were saying that, you know, like they're setting up our kids for failure because they build the school on a cemetery. And then right next door to the school, there's a prison. You know, so they were saying it wasn't a good look that there's a prison close to the school and the school is built on top of a cemetery. And apparently, like, there, there are other places because what happened is cemetery, like, from 1800s or whatever, like, they just covered them up and then eventually they, they, they tried to get rid of them. And I guess the easiest way, government used them and, and they put school on them. Oh, wow. It's the first time hearing that. Honestly, thank thank you for bringing that to my attention, James. Now I got to go do some research, or I might have to ask Fabian to do some research for me. Schools built on top of cemeteries in Jamaica. Um, is it true? I remember the first time. Um, was it last year, the year before? Well, in recent years, that there is a football field that is built here in the U.S. A college football field, or is it a um? NFL football field that's built on top of a um is it a cemetery or, or there are bodies underneath oh my gosh 
Ay, ay, ay. I heard the story. The first time it came to my attention was in the movie The Blind Side. When... I, say it again, Marla. I can't remember the name of the school, but it's a college. It's a college bill at the um, cemetery. Is it in Tennessee, or what's the uh, name of the school that um, Michael Orr went to in the movie The Blind Side? Oh, uh, that's in. Um, is it Tennessee? Not Tennessee. It's a uh, Miss. I think it's Mississippi. One of those. I remember. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is the school he went to. Okay, so Martin, you remember when the tutor, because remember the family hired a tutor for him. And in the whole scene where they're trying to help, you know, trying to sway his decision for him to go to Ole Miss, and the 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 late the character that played the part of his tutor in her conversation with him, you know, helping him with literature to get his grades up, she told him about the story about the the bodies underneath the um, stadium to kind of spook him out. And then stories came out after the movie that there is some truth to that story. Well, it is true, though. A lot of, a lot of schools, not a lot, and a couple of schools are built, even homes, you got some homes built on top of cemeteries. We just don't know. I'm not sure if they're supposed to tell you. But there's homes now is built in cemetery. You don't even know. And, wow. Uh, so they're, they're doing that now because they're running out of land and space or whatever. So um, there's a lot of stuff is built in cemeteries that we don't even know. And it's funny because as you're talking, I jumped onto internet, on the internet, onto Google, sorry. A school district in Florida has discovered that part of a high school is built on top of an African-American cemetery that had all but been forgotten. And this is in the Hillsborough County public schools up in Tampa, Florida. Wow. That's... Ay, ay, ay. Um... Go ahead, James. Go right ahead. Yeah, and, and another thing I heard about, I think it's, is it Dovecot or one of those in Jamaica now? No, it's like the burial spot is like a lease. No, it's not. It's not your spot. It, I think they have like a 12-year thing on it where they, they remove the bodies huh. and, and they burn the bodies and they put, they use the, they use about the same spot. No, 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 that's James. Please, please, please don't say that. Yeah, no, that's what I was told. I don't know what truth is, yeah. but yeah, they're saying that they, they removed the bodies after, I think it's 12 years. I don't remember the time period, but because they don't have enough burying space in Jamaica now, they're they are removing bodies now. And I think now there's some places there that three three bodies are in one one tomb. So they stack them. Because when, when my when my um, foster mother died, like she she got buried there, and her her grave was was i think in the middle like someone was under her already that's how they're doing it what yeah. the heck all right so you know i jumped over so to google i'm googling like crazy right james so dovecott issued with season desist order let me read what this article says courtesy of the jamaica Gleano. the saint catherine municipal corporation has issued a seat and i should tell you the date August 11, 2022. 
So, the St. Catherine Municipal Corporation has issued a cease and desist order on Dovecot Memorial Park amid claims that burials are being conducted on a 50-acre plot that has been the source of an ongoing dispute. The STCMC, chaired by Norman Scott, has insisted that burials at the yet-to-be-approved zones are off-limits. If they continue, we will ask our attorneys to issue an injunction, Scott said, who is also Mayor Spanish Town. Um, he continued, the residents are correct. At no time did the municipal corporation give Dovecot any permission to start placing dead bodies on top of the underwater aquifer, which is a potential health hazard. The 50-acre expansion of the Spanish Town burial site has once again irked residents living within its proximity. Residents demonstrated outside the gate of the expanded facility on Monday after learning that the operators of the burial park had started to inter bodies at the new site. Ew. Can we just go for cremation, please? It's easier. It's... You won't run out of land... Your religious aunties and uncles are not going to go for it. They're going to get mad at you. So you're trying to burn. But we can't wait till you get to hell. You're going to burn yourself up now. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's what they say, right? But, Sunet, you're dead already. Your body going to disintegrate into to dust anyway. I'm what's, with you, ma'am. Yeah, you what's the I point? Okay, check my body. See if there's anything vital you can use. And then it, you, after you're dead, your body is waste. It I'm is. I'm sorry. That's how I feel about it. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Let me stop saying I'm sorry. I am not sorry. That is my that is my feelings on it. No need to apologize because I I look at it also as a waste of money. You want to dig a little deeper? For me, it's also a waste of trees. You're cutting down trees to build these caskets or coffins, whatever you want to call them, right? People are spending mad money. On these coffins or caskets, everybody wants the most outlandish and not dead left nothing get them picnic. And then who's really gonna come visit you? Not a damn soul. Like, like, like seriously. Nobody. I, I do know a few people that you know on a birthday or something, the family will go to the gravesite. But out of those few people, there's millions of other people that don't. When you're dead, um, Javette, you're like seven days, seven days news. My I've... family does the same thing. They visit my my grandparents. They do visit my grandparents' gravesite um, on Mother's Day and Father's Day and birthdays and special occasions. They do that. But I don't think they could not do that if the body was in an urn. I mean, just put it in a mausoleum or something like that. Put put the urn in someone's home or, or someplace special. Or scattered the the the, the 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 ashes. Well, that one you have to get permission for too in some places. But put the urn in one place and visit that location. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, I, I'm a strong advocate for cremation. It's cheaper. There was a time when people felt that only the rich people used to cremate. And I used to think so too. But as I got older, I realized it's actually the cheaper option to do. So I'll sign me up. Have y'all heard about they have these necklaces now that they make? Yes, yes. Where each family member can have some ashes? Yes, I heard about it. Don't I thought I'd want to wear oh, the I ashes? Can. 
hard pass on that. Bronco. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want that. Hard pass. I mean, I have my child's teeth in a container in the house still, and I know that's weird. But if she, I mean, no, no, I don't need a dead person's remains. <laughs> Even though I do have waste in my house because I have her teeth, they're they're waste now. Yeah. Um, and you're nothing is wrong with feeling that way. So my dad always said, "Don't you." dare bury him he doesn't even want to go according to him in a box and be put in a church on display and i i agree with him wholeheartedly I don't don't do that for me either um so he was cremated and at the church we had his ashes in the urn and we have his urn in the living room he told me he always said that when he dies you know you're to scatter his ashes in front he showed me exactly where in the yard you know down on a slope the hillside near to a lychee tree that's where he wants his ashes but his ashes have not been scattered yet because my mom says she can't think to do it her thing is imagine they're cutting the lawn and his ashes flying all over the place i'm like oh gosh mommy so his ashes are still sitting in the urn in the living room um in a corner so you walk past them every day you say hey what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um cremate me not put me on the earth for food no worm for come eat me up no i'm gonna have time for that and you ain't gonna do me like the queen <laughs> where the damn spiders be like hurry up i i agree with you um moments the only issue that i have with it or the only thought that i have is the machine that they put you through to do that it's probably so many other people okay let me let me <laughs> i know exactly do, where they clean it? do they clean it you know during it's each time yes there's a full paper lining right so they just take off and shake it into a nail box i'm being really terrible um i'm, I'm sure they clean it there is respect for the dead still but you know what? I gotta ask my uncle because I said that's his business, but I don't. Yes, ask him about come on, his come on. You need to find I, out. I we want to know. Let him know uh, that there are people contemplating, trying to weigh the, their options between burial versus um, cremation. But with what James um, highlighted about them, you're being buried on a lease now, and after so many years, they're going to remove your body and burn it anyway that's tampering the dead and i believe that if you put someone in a grave they should not be messed with at all they need to be left the heck alone but if you're going to be digging them up why not um just go ahead and cremate them from the get-go and your family was sitting on about why you ain't got to go through all that drama at the graveside do it in the church. Do you know that they hire people to do that for the funerals? When I learned about that, I was popping the hell up. I was like, the real people really do that for a living? Corona, bala people. <laughs> yes, no. Are you serious, Sonna? <laughs> yes, they're paid to do that. That is their job. I wonder how they get that job there. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. I forgot practice serious times cut serious measures. <laughs> How you start off? How the crank start? Boy, <laughs> I think that's. I don't think that's right though, because what you're doing 
is pretending, in my opinion. You don't really care. So we have, you need somebody to prompt you to cry and to prompt everybody else to cry? I, I, I don't see it that way because I think in some um, areas of the world, mm -hmm. it's you're, you're paying respect. By they, paying somebody to vent? No, 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 no. No, here, yeah, you're paying them. But I'm saying in some areas of the world, mm -hmm. they have women that come and cry at funerals. It's it's part of respecting them. Mm. No, the natural <laughs> tears I'm okay with, Javette. I am fine with the natural tears coming and crying naturally. I'm not okay with paying somebody to cry to get people to start crying. Because I feel that if people don't cry on their own accord, that's okay. If they want to go home and cry within the confines of their home or in their car, let them do it. But you're going to pay somebody. Now it becomes an act. Pay somebody, forget everybody, for stir up emotions and everybody else. That's a puppy show thing. We're not in that it. I think, I, I, I it, It's been happening for a while, though. The paying people to cry? Yeah, yes, it's 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 a part of um the Jamaican um Indians. It's a part of their culture to so pay people know... to cry. It's a part of our culture to pay people to cry. No, I think I think the you know the blacks that you see doing it now, they adopted it from them because you know where I used to live, it's like a, a Indian community, and there's this guy that used to live next door to me that they have a band like they they, they used to have a, a band that plays at at every funeral like they play for the night night they play mm -hmm. for all of the the events leading up to the funeral mm -hmm. and that's that's their job that's the only thing that they do you, you pay them and you give them some rum and they come <laughs> and they play they play music and then on the band you have a professional crier that, that travels with the band yeah no and that's, <laughs> and that's years ago <laughs> leave out the professional crier thank you for giving me the title professional <laughs> crier leave them out the band i'm okay with because you know you have the music and people dance and rum and drink and eat and all of that okay i get that but the professional crier suppose me never want to cry where you force me to cry for because we know how it is right i, I don't know I, I guess I, I just have a different view on things. I mean, I pay nobody for Kambala, no funeral. And nobody trying to pay nobody for Kambala, no funeral. Because that's money that could be used for something else. Oh, and the next thing. When I die, trying to have no wake afterwards. No, nobody with it. Sorry. That's me. I don't even need a funeral. Cremate me and put my ass down somewhere. Yeah, Jamaica, Jamaica funeral has changed a lot, though. Like, um, you know, someone's been telling me, like, from the other day that, like, funeral now, like, you have people, like, especially Dovecot, like, you have guys go to Dovecot just to pick up women because the women that go into funeral now, like, the dress, like, the same, like, you know, they're going to dance hall. I've seen it's the pictures. Like, yeah, it's not like, you know, the traditional, like, funeral, black, black and thing there. They're dressing like it's like a, a bashment. So <laughs> guys actually go. And someone, there's a funeral the other day, and someone was someone that I know went down to bury a loved one. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that while they were at the gravesite, like they said it was embarrassing because they were saying that there were guys there hitting on all the women. 
and there the guys that were 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 lowering down the 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 the, the, the casket into the grave mm -hmm. you know as they put it over the grave like they were looking to her for tip <laughs> and they, they like they refused to lower it down before they get the tip she had to tip them and then they start lowering down so she said like it was embarrassing like coming i think she's from america like leaving america to bury like her her i, I think it was her mom or dad and like she's being scammed at the graveside while people are like hitting on all the women, especially the one that traveled down for the funeral. We have lost all sense of morality. Time and place for everything. Um, Sonette, you said you have seen it. Yeah, I went. Um, now, this was not even that recently. This was in um, 2014. So this is seven years ago. When I went to my my oh, my great uncle, when my uncle died, yeah, my grandfather's brother, so it's my great uncle, and I was surprised because we got to the church, and I kept seeing these people come in. I'm like, what is this? And then I'm like, whoa, look at that one. And this is me talking to my sister, who's not. Yeah, my sister was with me at that one. Like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. And these women were dogged up like i you could you could if you told me they were going to a party right after this or they just came from the night it's just a walk of shame they didn't have time to go get dressed for 14 hours after the dance i would believe it because there were very tall high heel shoes dresses that if you if you sit you have to put something on your lap because anybody's gonna see everything all the way up it was just i was shocked i was floored meanwhile we came from, from the U.S., we're dressed all, in all black, and we're down to our knees and our ankles, and like, you know, it's respect for the dead. Not so anymore in Jamaica, where I was. There were some few, of course. Of course, there was the people who were properly, you know, old church ladies and everything, who were dressed appropriately. But then there was another faction of people who came like they come into a dance hall. And I was floored. They did, they did have the respect to at least wear black. But I did see some red lace pantyhose. And oh, I was like, Jesus. okay, that's a choice. But yes, it is absolutely true. So, <laughs> so that, thank you for sharing that. Why, why are we doing this? Why are we allowed to do this? Really? Let me tell you something. Anybody come at my funeral dress? So me, I get up and turn them back. Me, I go get up and turn them back and then go back. You know, my, you know, my urn. I'll be smacking the life out of them. Get your ass home and get your clothes changed. Where you think you're going? We have no moral compass. And then people say, well, let people do what they want for the come on. Would you go to your corporate job dressed like that? No. Would you go to church on a Sunday dressed like that? No. So why are you doing it at a funeral? What am, What are they? Wh oh, Jesus. You know what? <sighs> and, and you can't tell me that that is now a part of Jamaican culture. For dress like you got dance all. With your body up. With your buttocks out the door halfway, if not all the way. But I saw, I had reposted this one a couple months back where I saw a video. 
I think it was on TikTok or Instagram, whatever. I reposted it. I was cracking the hell up. Um, at first I thought it was a joke. Then I realized it was really serious where they had, I don't know if they were strippers or not, but they were sure dancing like strippers at the funeral of the man. Yeah. And his family sitting there in the front row, like, is that not a show of them there? Like, what on earth is going on? It was in the States, too. don't remember where. But they trying to outdance each other. You No, let me tell you. I don't need to have something about to know. Time and place for everything. Mr. Kite now. So, Cuba. Story out of Latin America. Cuba holds unusual vote on law allowing same-sex marriage. Story courtesy of the Associated Press out of Havana. Cuba held a rare referendum on Sunday on an unusually contentious law, a government-backed family law code that would allow same-sex couples to marry and adopt, as well as outlining the rights of children and grandparents. Cuba holds parliamentary elections every two years, though no party other than the communist is allowed, but seldom has it held referendums on specific laws and seldom has an officially backed measure met as much open criticism as the family law of more than 400 articles, which has been questioned by many members of the island's increasingly vocal evangelical community. The sweeping code also would allow surrogate pregnancies, broader rights for grandparents in regard to grandchildren, protection of the elderly, and measures against gender violence. President Miguel Diaz-Canel, who has promoted the law, acknowledged resistance as he voted on Sunday. So, Cuba is slowly but surely turning around. Slowly but surely. Gonna take another... <laughs> gonna take another quick break if I, before I and if, okay yeah let me go ahead and take another quick break when we return it's believe it or not news and entertainment stories here's some more soca for you show me what you got show me what you got double m show me what you got for the girl m from the sunset crank it up crank it up girl crank it crank it up crank it up let me run it wind it up don't stop girl wind it crank it up crank it up Get in the middle. 
up after the music break it is believe it or not news plus we have entertainment stories as well so keep it locked Later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern to be exact, join Moments with me and the crew, Sanet, Rose Solo, and Marlon, as we talk about the Great Expectation, live on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com on Days After Dark. Real relationship talk. It's all about adults. And of course, you can tune in on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download the app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. And you can also listen live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Tomorrow. 
tomorrow, the Rose Solo Show will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern on Q1ZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, ViscosityBlend.com, FutureFM.net, FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Mount Vernon, and Westchester. Make sure to check it out. Caffeine tone, of course, we always do it in soca style. Every Monday on Tuesdays, it is Turned Up Tuesday. Definitely hear some of the latest hits of today and yesterday's favorites. Every Wednesday, Woman Crush Wednesday. On Thursdays, we go back in Retro Thursday. And on Friday, the Friday mix. listeners logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com janoradio.com and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you're listening to coffee and toe world news on the go every monday through friday 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views follow me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on tiktok moments with me media just a little bit more from kes and patrice on this one and then we'll get into the stories believe it or not news Hope I got your blood pumping. 
ready to take on the day. Whatever faces you, you'll be able to smile through it, laugh through it, dance through it, whatever. I gotta get back to the stories. I'm here dancing too much. All right. I gotta get back to the story. Sorry, Cass and Patrice. My apologies. I gotta cut you short. And now it's time for Believe It or Not stories. First up, investigation finds that 15 inmates used PPP loans to bond out of jail. Multiple people in Illinois are back behind bars after the police discovered they used PPP money to bond out. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. So an investigation found that 25 people were arrested during a sting operation targeting those who fraudulently received paycheck protection program funds without actually owning a business in Jolie. Of those 25, police say that 15 applied for and used the funds solely to bail out of jail. The inmates used jail phones to complete PPP loan process while still incarcerated, receiving anywhere from $19,000 to $20,000. Once the money, which usually took days to receive, hit the designated bank accounts, the inmates quickly posted bail. Per PPP loan guidelines, recipients charged with felonies are not eligible to receive the funds. No business licenses were found for any of the applicants. Some of the targets bonded out on their felony cases days after receiving their fraudulent PPP loan. This is according to the police chief, William Evans, during a Wednesday's conference. Wow. Bank records confirmed that the money was received and used to pay bonds. The Paycheck Protection Program was launched as a remedy for business owners struggling during the COVID-19 pandemic. In response to business closures and entrepreneurs working to stay afloat, many applications were approved with little to no review process, which made it extremely accessible for fraudsters to get PPP loans. In many cases, the loans were given. In fact, the fraud has run so rampant that PPP loans were added to a list of government programs that were at high risk for fraud. The defendants are all facing new charges of wire fraud, theft, and loan fraud. Ay, ay, ay. You took it to come out. Now you're right back in. So sad. A nine-year-old cancer survivor was heard saying, I'm sorry, before his father strangled him. It has been four months since Pennsylvania police found a nine-year-old boy strangled behind his home. His parents have since been charged in connection with his death. On May 4, 
Azuri Charles of New Kensington was found naked and muddy. The child's body had been partially covered with lawn furniture and a foam cooler. The arrest report reads his pajamas were hanging in nearby branches. Remember we spoke about this some months back. Jean Charles Forty, the victim's father, has been charged with murder. Westmoreland County District Attorney Nicole Zicarelli confirmed at a press conference on Wednesday the horrific tragedy has rocked the new Kensington community, Zicarelli said, adding the trauma that has affected us all pales in comparison to what Azuri no doubt experienced. Charles also faces charges of criminal homicide, abuse of a corpse, unlawful restraint of a minor by a parent, strangulation, concealing the death of a child and tampering with physical evidence, court records show. Azuri's mother, Luella Elian, has also been charged with aggravated assault of a victim less than 13 years old, child endangerment, and hindering the apprehension or prosecution of another person as reported to people. Charles is being held in the Westmoreland County Prison with no bond. Elian is being held on a $250,000 bond. Both are scheduled to have preliminary hearings on October 12th. In May, Azuri's neighbors said she had just beaten, well, he, sorry, had just beaten pediatric cancer. Neighbor Ossie Taylor found Azuri's body and said all he does is ride his bike and play with his sister. And for something like this to happen to him, it's unbelievable. According to the criminal complaint, a boy who lives near the victim's home heard Azuri yell, no, 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 I'm sorry, around 2.30 a.m. on May 4, the day his body was discovered. In May, community members gathered at a vigil to honor Azuri's life. He was the nicest person I ever met. We liked to ride our bikes and we would always play, said nine-year-old Azalyn Lockhart. I'm sorry about that. Um, I remember when we reported the story. What? Now, we, we didn't hear that part before about him yelling, no, 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 I'm sorry. What could he have done that would warrant his parents doing, or his parents doing this to him and him yelling, I'm sorry? Your child just beat cancel. Just beat cancel. And you felt, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What is it that a child could do that would warrant the parent killing them, a nine-year-old? And then the way they found the body, unspeakable. Pennsylvania high schoolers charged in football hazing after disturbing video surfaced of them sexually assaulting their teammates. Ten Pennsylvania teenagers faced charges after being responsible for connections to a hazing incident, story courtesy of Baller Alert. According to investigators, the assault happened within 23 minutes without adult supervision. In August, a disturbing video circulated on social media showing footballers at Middletown Area High School assaulting three of their teammates during practice. The school district superintendent, Charlton Hunter, shared the details of the footage in a letter to parents. Cell phone video taken by players 
shows a group of students restraining two of their teammates, he said, using a muscle therapy gun and another piece of athletic equipment to poke the buttock areas of the students who were on the ground. The video shows players fully clothed. It did not appear that any student's body was physically penetrated. The video is difficult to watch as this is a completely unacceptable, offensive, and highly inappropriate act. The district attorney's office also learned that three other student athletes experienced the same assault during the past year. Authorities believe that one of those assaults occurred at a residential home. Police says all of the victims involved were between the age of 14 to 16. We are addressing this matter with the utmost sense of urgency, Hunter says. To ensure that our school environment is free from behaviors that are meant to demean, humiliate, or harm other students. Hunter adds that once the investigations are finished, the district will be working to develop additional protocols and supports to promote a positive school climate and culture for all students. Following the incident, the district officials canceled the team's football season with the head coach resigning days later. Two students received charges of criminal attempt to commit involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, indecent assault, unlawful restraint, simple assault, and hazing. The other defendants received unlawful restraint, simple assault, and hazing charges. I wonder how those parents feel and what those parents have to say. The parents of the children who conducted the hazing, the unlawful restraint, the simple assault, the indecent assault, wonder how those parents feel seeing that these are the children they raise. And I'm not saying that the parents are to be blamed for the children's actions. I'm not saying that at all because you can do your utmost best as a parent and the child still goes and does what they want to do anyway, right? But how do these parents feel? 14 to 16 years of age were the victims. I tell you something. I don't care for um sorority. What do you call them? Sorority. That's the right name? I don't care for them. It's sorority for women. What is it for the men? Um Prezi, we can't hear you. You have to talk up. You sound like you're like a paternity. million miles away. Paternity. Is it paternity or fraternity? Fraternity. Oh my god, paternity. Fraternity. Thank you, Sonnet. Fraternity. Prezi, you sound like you're a million miles away. Sorry about that. You have to come closer to the phone. But I don't care for them. I don't care for something where you can't say anything. You're subjected to certain things. But they tell you it's good to be a part of the sorority, to be a sorority sister or brother, because it allows you to move up the chain. Keep the chain. Keep the chain. Men don't need to move up the chain. I should not have to do certain things to be able to advance, especially things that go against what I believe in and what I deem as being harmful emotionally, mentally, and physically. I don't understand it. You go through gross humiliation 
to be a part, to be accepted into this sorority or fraternity? Is it really worth it for someone to demean me? And I, I, I don't know if what I see in the movies is how it really is, but I, I'm just, I find it rather disturbing. I find it very disturbing when I see how the girls treat the other girls, how the frat brothers treat each other, calling them all sorts of names, giving them tasks to do. I'm sorry. Who came up with the idea that these things are okay? Would you? I'm sorry. How are you? Yeah. Good morning, Doctor Daphne. Go right I miss ahead. You guys. Yeah, you you've been you've been ignoring me. <laughs> I know. I'll make up to it because my lovely Javed, her and daughter look like buy one get one free. They look so much. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> she well, had her own twin. Yeah, believe it or not, things have gotten better with the. Prezi, your mic. We're hearing the horn blowing. Hold on, Doctor Daph. Prezi, I'm gonna mute your mic for you. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Daphne. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm going to move outside. I was saying things got a lot better over the years because it used to be very, very bad. One of the reasons that I didn't want to join a sorority is all this sexuality stuff that was going on when you were online. And I, that made me uncomfortable because someone just go through to join the organization as a person, I would not forget it. After our course over, we become sisters. I will remember the nastiness you were with me. And then after, later on, uh, I thought it was very strange. They came from the European attorneys, uh, but that's where we model everything we do after. So some of those things, I'm getting a red bar. I don't know if you could hear me. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. We're hearing you. Some of those behaviors, we catch it from them because we learn from them, you know, some of those behaviors are very abusive. Some of the behaviors are very mean and wicked. It's very wicked, some of the things that they do in these Greek lineup. Some of the time you don't even hear, you know, but they get it from the four father, fathers, four mothers to the to where we are now. To me, just another form called colorism. So that's just my take. Later on, it's worth it because you have a, a incredible amount of network, you know, uh, later on in life, but not at the beginning. So to me, it's just a trade-off. But is it worth it? Not to you and me, but to the others, yes. Is it really worth it? And for these people who lead the sororities and the fraternities, do you have a conscience, a sound conscience? And even if that is what you had to go through to be accepted, it's all about acceptance, first and foremost. I want to be accepted in this realm. And because if I'm accepted in this realm, I will be respected. Respected by whom? Respected by whom? Whose respect is it that you're trying to garner? Who are you trying to be a part of? What exactly are you trying to be a part of? Oh, I pledge this alpha, blah, 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 blah. keep it. I pledge this, keep it. Was never a part of, of, of a sorority and I will never be. I'm sorry. I just don't agree with it. 
Yeah, I don't know. What was you happening. sound much better now, Prezi. Go right ahead. Okay. No, I was saying that I think I just said that it's just a um, just a means of like acceptance for some. Um, I think You're gone again. Prezi gone again. You're gone again, Prezi. Prezi, are you hearing us? You're gone again. You know, especially you know. All right, Prezi, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. All right, you can't hear me now. All right, try again. Try again. Two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Perfect. Now I was saying, um, as you're saying, I think it's a form of, um, for most, just a form of acceptance in terms of wanting to be a part of something. Because, truth be told, a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people, um, that actually just do it just to do it, um, for the purpose of doing it, not necessarily getting, you know, the historical, um background of it and all of that you know it's not something that you know they do it because i you know they know of you know probably you know of probably a couple like, you know generations um before us um you know it, it was almost like a for some it was like a family um you call it like a family ritual like, not really a ritual but like an inheritance in a sense so you know if your grandfather kind of pledged um you know alpha phi alpha then you know you feel like you had to also pledge alpha for, for that same reason to kind of you know keep it in the family in a sense right but then you also knew um you know what the actual historical background of it based on you know your grandfather or your father or whosoever you knew that was actually in you know that fraternity right but like for no you know it just appears to be again, you know, just a form of you know acceptance for most. They just do it, especially you know going into college, you know, you kind of want to basically be quote unquote, you know, in, the, in that kind of circle, right? And the fastest way to actually be in that circle to kind of you know gain popularity, especially in college, you know, is when you're in a sorority or a fraternity, right? You know, it's almost like you're kind of looked up on when you're in a fraternity or, or, or sorority when you're in college. So for most, that's technically the reason why, um, you know, I've seen, especially over the years, you know, going into college and kind of um, got, like, you know, background of, you know, majority of these fraternities. And, you know, I've, I've seen where most of them, or some of them basically um, was discontinued because of, as you know, you're talking about, you know, the hazing and so on and so on, which never makes sense. Um, so, you know, after doing my research and kind of, you know, doing the, the assessment, I realized, you know, it really doesn't make sense because what you're gaining, you know, here, you know, so for example, in college, you know, it's not going to benefit you when you leave college. You understand what I'm saying? They, they, they always give you the misconception that, all right, you know, it's a big, it is a big network, but to be honest, it doesn't, you know, if, if you're not utilizing it the way you need to, then it's not going to benefit you after you leave college. You understand? It's like it's just you're just basically playing around in college, and then after you graduate, and that's it. There's nothing else for you to gain um, when you leave college. So um, for me, it has all. It, even when I figured it out, you know, I realized that you know it was basically pointless for the most part. So yeah, mm. that's honest, yeah. Thank you so much, Percy. Thank you for sharing your experience. So. Um... They say there's a lot of opportunity with being a part of a fraternity. 
right? There are pros and there are cons, they say. Pro, networking. Um, there's also the social, professional, and recreational stuff that you get to do. The opportunities. On the other hand, fraternities and sororities are not for everybody. If you are not a fan of communal bathrooms, this, you know that may not be the experience for you, they say. Anyway, um, <clears throat> there are real pros and cons to joining a fraternity or sorority. If you're thinking about rushing, pledging, or doing anything that involves a wooden paddle besides rowing a boat, listen up. All right, so con, the price. Grief, Greek life enjoys a long and stored connection to higher education. In fact, at some universities where anywhere between 50 to 80% of the student population is affiliated with a house, going Greek may even feel like a cultural requirement. However, the price of membership can be one of the largest expenses in your college budget. At an average public institution, dues for a single semester in a fraternity or sorority can run you more than $1,000. This sum likely only includes local chapter dues, national organization dues, and insurance. There may still be other incidental fees associated with being Greek, such as T-shirts. And someone is always designing a new shirt for some occasion. You got to keep up with the Joneses, right? You can't be wearing an outdated shirt to some event. Can't do that at all. Next up, membership pins. Because sometimes you need real diamonds on a lapel pin you'll wear roughly three times in your entire life. Tickets to the big formal. Think something like $200 per person and you were planning on bringing a date, I hope, right? And the costs add up pretty quickly. Pro, networking. Networking is an integral part of the college experience and Greek life provides one of the strongest foundations for social interfacing with a network of pairs. Greek organizations help build networks that often prove beneficial to students when looking for internships, employment, recommendations, or employees. The connections gained through networking is an integral part of the college experience, they say. All right. There are currently more than 9 million alumni of fraternities and sororities working out there in the real world. Joining one of these organizations makes you the member of an exclusive club. This membership affords you an instant connection with any other members of that club as you advance in your college education and your career. These connections can become increasingly valuable for landing interviews, listing references, or getting letters of recommendation. Con. Hazing. Imagine showing up for your first day on a new job in your nicest shirt, every hair in place, and your fingernails nicely manicured. Then, upon entering your new office, you are led to the basement of a building where you are blindfolded, placed in front of a speaker blaring YMCA on repeat, and forced to recite the mission statement of your company until your tongue blisters. You, you'd leave, right? Now, what if this happened as part of your orientation to a new group of friends? And I put friends in quotation. Many new fraternity and sorority members or pledges submit to physical, emotional, and psychological manipulation of this sort regularly in the name of joining Greek organizations. 
Hazing is technically forbidden, but the reality is that it still happens and it is fairly widespread. At least one hazing death has occurred on a North American campus every year since 1959. As noted, this is the leading cause of costly insurance. Again, this is why it's so important to research the history and culture of any group that you plan to join. You should also bear in mind that not all new member hazing is brutal. Some of it may just be annoying or mildly, and I'm putting mildly in quotations, demeaning. Most commonly, pledges are asked to do trivial, pointless tasks. <clears throat> Excuse me, many that may be publicly humiliating. Pledges are often required to prove their worth and learn their place, the pecking order of a fraternity or sorority. The real test is whether the activity is harmful to you or others. There are two questions to keep in mind. First, is this making me a better person, a brother, sister? Second, would I allow someone I care about to do the same thing? Hmm. Pro, philanthropy. Perhaps one of the better kept secrets about Greek life is all the good that fraternities and sororities do. Many work hard to instill a culture of service and philanthropy. Involvement in philanthropic activities varies from one organization to the next and even from one chapter to the next. But there's the con. Alcohol and drug abuse. Alcohol and illegal drugs are a common hazard for Greek organizations. The vast majority of hazing-related deaths have resulted from forced binge drinking, but the risks of excessive alcohol consumption are not limited to new members, nor do they stop once pledging is over. Fraternities and sororities are social organizations, and all social circles have cultures and subcultures. Far too often, Greek life harbors a culture of alcohol and drug abuse. Another pro, remember we have to highlight the good too, right? Not just the bad, another pro, social identity and skills. What do 85% of the executives of, 40, of Fortune 500 companies and 80% of United States presidents since 1900 have in common? Well, according to Fraternity Advisor, they were all members of Greek organizations during college. Fraternity and sorority membership helps young men and women cultivate leadership skills, gain a sense of social identity, and learn to play well with others. <laughs> and I, I, hold on to that statement. Learn to play well with others. Hmm. Put that in quotations. Con, time commitment. You should expect to have exactly no free time during the pledging process, nearly all hours outside of class are spent in meetings, completing tasks, or simply being present in the chapter house. This time commitment can have a huge impact on a student's study and sleep schedule. In fact, for this reason, some schools have restrictions around rushing during your first semester as a freshman. Still, many students still choose to rush. You need excellent time management skills to balance this initiation process with the experience of adjusting to a new academic setting. Pro, fun, when it comes down to it, this is one of the strongest arguments in favor of joining a fraternity or sorority. If you join the right house, the opportunities for fun are nearly infinite. 
you are at once surrounded at all times by friends and in, and I put friends in quotation and at all times and events, activities, parties, and of course, the inevitable cleanup that comes afterwards. So, yeah, you can keep a fraternity or sorority for all I care. Don't serve no damn purpose in my life. You can network other ways. You can build relationships with real friends because a real friend does not put you through the horrifics to prove yourself to be a friend. And I agree with Dr. Daphne. You'll never forget the things that you have been put through, the things that have been said to you, the insults, the names, the demeaning things, the humiliation. You'll never forget that. All to become a part of what? Your society? You can keep your society and kiss my ass for all I care. I don't need it. I will never ask my, any of my children to join a sorority. Where you are intended to be, God will put you there. You don't need people to get you there. The wrong people. Because in my mind, these are the wrong people to me, in my opinion. Now, for those who have found it truly beneficial, who have not had any negative experience, who while they're... Um, through their initiation process, it was all honky-dory and it was all roses and petals and rainbows and butterflies. I'm happy for you. But I don't hear about those stories. All I hear is, I can't tell you what happened. That's all I hear. Oh, we can't talk about it. You can't even tell your mother. You can't even tell your father what happens. You're sworn to secrecy. So secretive. You can't even tell your parents what's going on. The ones who have to pay the dues for you to be a part of the club. The one that God forbid something happens to you. They're the ones who now all of a sudden are responsible for you. But they can't tell you because it's so secretive. But you gotta, they got to turn over the money to you to be a part of this society. A scam. Mm. Y'all can keep sororities and fraternities for all I care. I don't give two hoots about them. There may be value added. I don't know. if you. And I say it again. If there is anyone who has benefited from being a part of a sorority and not experienced any of the humiliation in any form, I'll be happy to have a conversation. And let us highlight those fraternities and those sororities. But if you're going to tell me about gruesome acts that, have, that you had to go through to be accepted, I'm going to ask you to question your self-worth. We're so quick to sell ourselves and we complain when others sell us. Hazing. Alcohol, alcoholism, drugs, rampant, pecking order my ass. Go peck your mama. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Did we touch a soft spot moment? It's a I... soft spot for me because I'm tired of hearing about these children who are in college. And of course, it trickles down into other institutions where people have to go through this and they end up dead. No, for what? For what? And nothing seems to change. I think they need to do away with them. I'm not sure. I, I want to believe that the reason they were founded were for good reasons. 
But when it becomes such a demonic society, in my opinion. Well, you know how it is. Anything that you had to swore to secrecy can never at the core be good. Because if you're doing good things, you want to shed the light. I understand there are some protocol that need to remain between members of any group, not just of Greek life. Right. To me, the Masons is another, I think that's probably follows some of the Mason protocol that going on with Greek life. But anything that you can source secrets, you can't tell your own family member what happened to you, where they scare you to death, you know, that it's not going to remain good. Right. So I think that's at its core is one of the other issues. Yeah. But um, they are very powerful in terms of finances, in terms of logistics, fraternity life, Greek life, ran all the way up to the president, down to the person that clean. And they are very loyal to the cause. I do not see that change because in my campus, they closed one of the sororities that I was I researched that I wanted to join for abusive behavior. So then after that, I wasn't interested anymore because yeah. I will fight somebody. I will fight them all. The minute you put your hand on me, it will have been all it's gone. <laughs> I'm just that's just I knew that about me though. Yeah, I knew that I wasn't gonna allow people to put their hands on me. Number one. I, I knew that I wasn't going to get involved in any kind of sexual deviation behaviors, number two. Number three, I knew I wasn't going to allow you to get on, um, mess around with my grades, right? I'm social. Everywhere I go, I make my own friends. I knew my personality wasn't created for that kind of organization. So that's why I stayed away. I have a lot of my friends, family members that are in it. They're still trying to recruit me, maybe at this stage, but it's cost so much money at this stage for me to even participate. But if I'm going to, if anyone going to participate, you got to be willing to take the good and the bad. You can't just pretend one or the other. They both exist. Mm -hmm. Just know whatever you're getting yourself into, you're accepting what comes with it. Good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Jesse. So, Go ahead, Prezi. Yeah. Yeah that a small a small little uh, mixture that I found right so yes. it was really talking about you know the traditions like as I mentioned you know before you know where you know the historical um aspect of um fraternity and sorority life so basically uh, the article was saying um you know these items which the items that you know they kind of started on you know they're saying that these items no longer held held importance in the curriculum that they had previously. So as time went on, teachings of the classics became less and less common. As a result, the meanings of many of the rituals of fraternity was originally based on began to fade and become unknown to its members. Due to the lack of knowledge, some fraternities began to de depend on theoretical aspects of ceremonies as opposed to the deeper, more profound meaning that had essential that that had essentially been lost. Some say this was the period in which hazing um, started. So basically, as 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 um, I said, essentially, it, it pretty much just kind of it seems as if it just evolved to what it is now. But the history, what it was based on previously, seemed as if it was more, um, it was more academia. That's um, based on what I'm reading. I'm going to send the article to you. So yes, please do. You know where you know they, they they came together because they said that the first fraternity was essentially like in the 1800s right so basically at that point in time they kind of came together um or they were trying to come together like you know on different university and campuses to you know 
impart knowledge um, and to learn, you know, from um, you know a variety of different um, things from each other. It appears, but again, you know, as time went on, the original um, the original meaning of it, um, you know, pretty much as it says, you know, faded over time, and you know, it became it became what it is today. Mm. You know, where you know it's just about you know hazing and you know the I guess we consider it to be nonsense into what it is today. So yeah. it really has no value today in in basically how it initially started out. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Prezi. I really appreciate it. Go ahead, Javan. Go ahead. Um, I have um, people that I went to college with that are part of the fraternity and the sorority. And I didn't join because, um, like you moments, I'd be cussing somebody out, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not into doing things that will degrade me, not for any type of reason. Um, I just look at it as a big networking community. And you can get that outside of being in a fraternity by the relationships that you create as you go through college and as you um, maneuver through the business world. So I yield there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Javette. Oh, Sunette, before I forget, oh, Sunette is there? I wanted to tell Sunette that the picture in MK's photo in PTR, it's called, it's the Giraffe Manor. It is um, in Nairobi, Kenya. So if you ever want to go to that resort, I call it a resort, that um, vacation spot. It's in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, it's a 1930s manor house with gardens and a resident herd of endangered giraffes. Yeah. And they stick their heads through the window and people feed them and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Not. 63-year-old found dead inside of kettle cooker at New Jersey Processing Plant. The U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration has launched an investigation into the death of a 63-year-old man who was found dead inside an industrial machine. On Monday morning, the New Jersey State Police re responded to the call regarding an unconscious man. And this was last Monday. Dale R. Davili was found unconscious inside a kettle cooker at a New Jersey food processing plant where he worked. Davili was pronounced dead at the scene. He is a father of two daughters, and this story is courtesy of People via Baller Alert. Nothing suspicious appeared in nature, police told People, adding, this is an, invest an active investigation and there is no additional information available. Available. A spokesperson for Lasandi Industries, Inc., located in Cumberland County, said the company was devastated by the news. An accident occurred at the facility in Seabrook, New Jersey, that caused a fatal injury to one of her employees. Wow. Um, OSHA said they have opened an investigation into the man's death. Friends and family have since paid a tribute on social media, with some calling him a damn good man. Yeah. That's weird how uh, uh, yeah i want to know how he ended up yeah keep us posted um osha we want to know how he he ended up there a little disturbing so nia long in entertainment news breaks silence following fiance's 
alleged affair let me let me let's see what she has to say real quick gotta squeeze this in yeah neil long is breaking her silence following reports that her fiance boston celtics coach ime allegedly had an affair with a female staffer the outpouring of love and support from family friends and the community during this difficult time means so much to me long said i ask that my privacy be respected as i process the recent events above all I am a mother and will continue to focus on my children. The actress and Celtics head coach, um, they have been engaged since 2015. Red flag. They share a son, Kez Sunday Udoka. Nia also has another son, 21-year-old Masai Dorsey II, from a previous relationship with actor Masai Dorsey. Earlier this week, news broke that Udoka had a consensual relationship with a female member of the team's staff. The team announced Thursday that he has been suspended from his role as head coach for violating team policies. The team also noted that his future with the Celtics will be evaluated. He said, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization and my family for letting them down. I'm sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation and I accept the team's decision. Minena, apologize. I wasn't gonna. You did something ten toes down. Why are you apologizing? You were happy with her, so why are you apologizing? She was happy with you, so what are you apologizing for? Um, I said this before, not on this platform. I said it in days after that. Mina, stay engaged to nobody for seven years. Not doing it. Sorry. That right there is telling me I'm holding on to you while I'm looking for another. And I'm not going to put 100% of the blame on Udoka either for what he did. No, I'm not because I don't know the ins and outs of that relationship. And I think something is off. We just don't know what it is. And I think there is something more going on as far as the, the Celtics organization is concerned. So I'm not going to jump up and say, yay, you know, for him, serve him right. Nope, 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 nope. Them says sometimes when it's a people relationship, you don't know what's going on. And it's very easy for us to take sides, right? Mm-hmm. Seven years? No, boo. Don't even take it two years to know if you want married to me. Is he suspended without pay? I don't remember. I don't have to look back. Hold on. Let me look back. Uh, Marlon, do you know? Is he suspended? What, what? Talk to me, Javette, why you said that who paying the bills now <laughs> what what kind of job he, gonna he should have enough money saved up mm, not if he okay let me be quiet <laughs> you know hold it right there let me go ahead and do the online wrap up <laughs> Say 
say thank you to all the listeners who logged on to QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Remember, for quality music while you work or play, the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Log on for music to get you through your day. JohnnoRadio.com. Go ahead and download that app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Of course, I have to say a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you were listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. As always, I'm grateful for the great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Remember, coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, it is Days After Dark, Real Relationship Talk. Tonight's topic is the great expectation. Join myself, Marlon, Rosolo, and Sonette, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can listen live on QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Or if you want to be a part of the conversation, go ahead and download the Clubhouse app and join us here. Search for Days After Dark, D-A-Y-Z, After Dark, 10 p.m. Eastern. See you then. You lose your way. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one thing. Please be safe. Look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful day. This is Moments with me signing out of JohnnoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com. Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you.